You're listening to the Indie Echo Podcast, a showcase of independent music and the artists that make it. I'm Jordan, producer at High Five Music. Elizabeth Gillen is a singer-songwriter whose soothing voice accompanies atmospheric and cinematic instrumentals in her new EP, Fairy. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Congrats on your EP, Fairy. Is this your first EP? Because I know you've had a number of releases before. So this is my first sort of commercial release. Um, so this one's up on Spotify and other streaming sites, but I've released a couple before on Bandcamp so and, and YouTube. So those were more like unofficial releases. I grew up in the Poconos, Pennsylvania, and I'm back here now ever since ever since the pandemic. I grew up listening to like 90s power ballad music. I like to say that like Celine Dion basically taught me how to sing because I would listen to her growing up and try to sing along. I wouldn't say I, I sound like anything like her anymore, but in my earlier days, that's what I was going for. Also things like Barbara Streisand. And um, my, my mom's actually from Russia, so I have some Russian music in my, in my rotation growing up and even now, so kind of a variety. Do you find some of the Russian influences going into the music you make? I think so. I think some of the melodic themes maybe find their way in. I'm trying to make more of a point to maybe more consciously put some more rough Russian influence into my music because I love Russian music, um, especially like the folk music and things like that. So the chord progressions and and the more like technical aspects of what makes a Russian song a Russian song, I definitely want to try to incorporate. But I think there is a little bit of it already. I didn't start writing until maybe like 18 or so. I had played around with lyrics growing up, but it never really became like full songs. So I started, I wrote my first song, um, like my first complete song that I was pretty happy with, like freshman year of college. Um, but I was singing for a while before then. And there's a lot of like the classical influences on your music too. So were you trained in any formal capacity like that? I took piano lessons growing up. So I did that for several years and I did some classical music that way. In high school and college, I did classical voice lessons. So I was um, somewhat trained in opera and, and things like that. So I, I've dabbled a little bit in being classically trained, but I never really reached like full, full trained status. You finally started releasing music, at least on Bandcamp going back to 2016. So were those more experimental in terms of just seeing what you could put out? Yeah, I go back and listen and they seem like someone else wrote them because it, it's not that long ago, but it, it really feels like it was a long time ago. Those were some of my most uh, like earliest songs. Um, the production quality is pretty low. I was really just kind of recording on like an older mic and letting things like distortion happen without realizing they were happening because I was inexperienced. But yeah, definitely just kind of a trial and error way of recording, like realizing the the music that I heard in my head versus like what I could make. And you definitely, I guess over time, settled into a style of your own where it's like atmospheric, orchestral. I don't know, how would you describe your music? I'm glad you mentioned orchestral because that's definitely something I, I go for. I think when, I, when people ask me what my genre would be, I say something like indie pop or indie folk because especially when I'm performing live, it really does boil down to me on piano and singing or me on guitar. Lately, it's been a lot of me on guitar. Um, but then when I actually go and record my music, yeah, I love to include strings and 
whatever else can like drum up the most drama um, in my songs. So yeah, some sort of um, orchestral pop, like dream pop, maybe something like that. And who would be some of your influences? My, my biggest influence right now is Lana Del Rey. I listened to her in high school and college. So getting closer to when I started writing music is when I was really into her music. And she has a lot of those orchestral themes in her style as well. So I think I definitely kind of like appreciated that and then tried to adopt it in my own way. I also really like Marina and the Diamonds. We're so kind of in the same family of, of musicians, but I loved the combination of there's the catchiness that pop always has, but it's not the kind of pop that makes it onto the radio. So there's always kind of like a weird or interesting element. How would you say your music itself evolved? You mentioned the technical aspect. What did you learn, like either from a production standpoint or maybe theory or anything you studied like that that helped bring to this new EP? For sure, I took some courses in college, music production theory, so getting a little bit more secure in my technique, both with actually performing, um, but also with production and writing. But I think life experience was part of it too. Uh, as I got older, I just had different things to write about, so I had different avenues to explore when I sat down to write a song. So I think it was a combination of like theory and practice and then just the natural um, time, like the, the natural role that time plays in these things. It's funny you mention that because uh, I've had some people on the show that are on the younger side and like, because they don't have much life experience to draw from. And so they'll be inspired by books or things their parents said or things like that, you know? What made you want to put Fairy together? like? Did you set out to make an EP or did you have a couple songs laying around that ended up fitting in this EP? Right about when the pandemic began, I was I had a little bit more time. I started working from home. So I did start, sort of start to collect some songs that I was working on. So um, first I released an, a single, One and Only. Um, so that was like a little project. And then I did the next single, which was In the Next Life. But then I just kind of kept writing and I wasn't sure whether to continue to release singles or whether to try and maybe collect them into an EP. Um, and then that it just sort of naturally happened that I, I had these songs, I was, they're all, they all kind of have a similar theme. They're, it's kind of like a breakup EP, that's sort of the, the whole vibe of it. Um, so it made sense for me to, to make it an EP. I have to commend on the, the title and like the album cover, Fairy, it just conjures, you know, mystical forests. And that's exactly what it sounds like, it, like a, just like a fairy tale dream like you said dream pop it just works all so well together and you start with three acre wood which is not a new song it, it was on a previous uh release of yours somewhere and what made you want to revisit that one yeah three acre wood is probably one of my oldest songs because it was on my very first like unofficial ep from that 2016 release on bandcamp I really like that song. It's kind of the first, not the, the first song that I wrote um, when I'm referring to like when I first started mu writing music, but it is one of the first ones that I really liked and that um, other people seem to like. I partly just like it, so I wanted to kind of like bring it to its final form. But I actually re uh, released it twice before this time. First, a uh, very early version, and then um, sort of an intermediary version. I had done an audio engineering course and that was my song that I like submitted for the course. So I had like a more finished version of it. Um, but then I wanted to create like the final version. So I sat down and, and changed it up a little bit. 
So it's partly because I like it enough, I wanted, uh, well, it kind of fits the, the whole atmosphere of the EP too, so I thought maybe it would be nice to include. I also felt like it might be a good tool to try and draw in some listeners because some of my friends and family who have been listening and supporting, they know that song. So they'd be curious to hear how it's evolved and then maybe stick around for the other songs. So there's a couple of reasons, but yeah, that's a little bit of an older song. Now it's quiet, even then, now it's 6 p.m. And the locks have forgotten. It's cool that like the people who know the song they can see oh this is what it used to sound like and this is what it is now i i love the way it builds I, well, in general i like songs that build into a, a crescendo sorts but it, this one the way the strings when it hits the high part ah oh, it's so beautiful in terms of, of string arrangements and stuff like that is that something you learned over time i've always been drawn to string sections because i've i've been really into movie scores I know that's something you you kind of do too. I love I love like sad movies, like the part of a sad movie where like the saddest thing happens, and then there's like the heart wrenching strings that are at that moment. So that's that's the goal for like I guess it oh it usually ends up being like the bridge of my songs where I kind of throw in the heaviest layers of strings. Um, so yeah, part of it was kind of just feeling them out. I mean. I'm on a MIDI keyboard and that feels kind of at home to me because I started off with piano, so the basic maneuver of, of using a keyboard um, was familiar to me. But yeah, as far as arranging, I don't have a ton of experience, so I feel kind of intimidated sometimes because they can be so intricate. And then there's the issue of making them sound kind of natural. Then you go into the title track, Fairy, which continues the mystical and dreamlike atmosphere. I guess this one is unique in that it kind of doesn't really have much of a story as the others. Even though I know by listening to it, it kind of sounds like it has a specific kind of story. But the melody came to me first. As I was getting the melody out into like a chord progression, I knew it was going to be more of a slightly more upbeat song than I usually do. So I wanted the lyrics to be something that matched that. Um, so I, I kind of pieced it together. I drew, you know, some some inspiration from like some recent heartbreak you know but it wasn't a specific story that really um triggered the whole song but like you mentioned some other younger artists piece together things from from fiction i was kind of doing that with that song a little bit took me by the hand the other you hid i knew i was gone the second you did told me this is where the real fun the name of the song Fairy, so that's part of why it became the name of the whole EP. But I wasn't sure about whether I even wanted to release that one because it felt like the riskiest song. It's a little bit more, like I said, upbeat. 
and there's kind of like sass, you know, it's a little sassy, so I'm like, that's a little bit out of character. I'm kind of known for being quiet and nice, so I wasn't sure how like that song would be like received. I guess that's what made me choose it as the EP title track. Like the whole thing is kind of just, I'm putting it out there. It's all kind of a risk because it's all vulnerable music, so might as well just go all in. And it adds to the variety. You then transition to Supermarket, which goes back into the more folky side, I guess, of your, your skill set. Then it builds into the, the dreamy atmosphere before coming right back home to the, the folky part again. We'll never be bored again. We'll never be bored again. And I don't want to think about if the days will darken. No, I just want to hold hands in the supermarket. How much live performance are you doing? Is that something you regularly do? Yeah, recently I've had a live performance almost every weekend the last last few months. I do like a three-hour gig at a at a winery or a brewery or something like that. Okay, so is the kind of thing people pay attention to you or no? It's a little bit background music. Well, this could be easy gigs, but it can also be kind of frustrating as well. Yeah, for sure. But it does feel really like satisfying when you do get everybody's attention because it does happen where everybody is just sort of listening to you instead of talking. So that kind of feels like a win. And your closing track, London, is that based on a trip to London or anything? Right, yep. So I studied abroad in London uh, in college. So that's a few years ago now. And yeah, basically, uh, that's like a story. It's a combination of just really fond memories. So because I met someone in London and we dated for a while and then we broke up. So in my mind, I had to try and separate my own experience in London and this association I had made with the place and the person. So it's kind of a goodbye song in that sense where this place now has to exist in my mind in a way that I can think about it without being sad, but it's still kind of like a special story either way. So yeah, ultimately it's it's an ode to London because I loved it there. So you just go Are you just continuing to, to, to do these weekend gigs or is there any kind of, you know, Elizabeth Gillen tour or any kind of specific performance for you coming up? So for the most part, I'm just going to continue doing gigs, but I am doing a, a sort of special thing in December where I record a direct to vinyl session in New York. So now that these songs are out in the world, I'm going to start letting uh, my listeners know that if they like one in particular, they can sort of like purchase a, spe- a special performance of it. And then I'll go into the studio, sing it live, and it gets uh, recorded directly onto a vinyl. What has the response been to your EP? Is there a a certain track people are gravitating towards? So according to my stats, it seems like Barry and Three Acre Wood are sort of, um, Three Acre Wood are both sort of the front runners. And I kind of expected that because, well, Three Acre Wood is more familiar. And Barry, I had teased these songs ahead of time. So Barry got more of a response. 
So I figure that one might do well. But then there's also the, the fact that they're the first two songs on the EP, so there might be a practical reason for that too. But it's been positive feedback. It's, it's always exciting to release new music. Both because you know your friends are are supporting you, but sometimes someone you get some surprises too, like someone you don't know listened to it and they liked it, and that's always really exciting as a small artist. Yeah, and you never really know. Well, except for the ones you've released before, but you never really know what the feedback is going to be until it's actually out in the world. It's very nerve wracking. Yeah. What would you say was the most difficult part of putting Fairy together? To learn how to mix and master. Uh, I knew I wanted to do it myself. I'm interested in learning the full process of producing music, but that's something I didn't really learn ahead of time, so I had to really sit down, do some courses, and do some practice runs. So that's actually what took the longest. These songs are all like, the newer ones at least, are all like a year old by now, but it took me a long time. Your enjoyment of these songs tends to come in waves, I guess, where it's like you're really excited, then they're really annoying because you're working on them so much, then they get released and you're liking them again, you know? Uh, yeah, no, that's so true. Um, I, in my experience, if I sit on my songs for too long, I kind of start to hate them a little bit um, because I'm listening to them so much, like you said, sort of. Because there's a lot of things you need to listen for in every stage. So I also reach a stage where I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm like, oh no, like I'm listening to these through the ears of anybody who could be listening at the same time. So then I'm like, oh gosh, no, now I'm embarrassed. I experienced that too. Like sometimes I'll, I'll play something I worked on, like for my family in the car and I'll hear it through their ears and like, oh no, that was too boring. I should do something different here. You know, it's just, yeah, I got you there. What would you say was the hardest song to put together? Uh, I would say probably Fairy. Um, and that's mostly because it had the most sort of moving parts. There's a lot going on, at least for me and my experience so far. There's a lot of instruments that I have in that song. And it doesn't really have a solid like piano or guitar bass because at least for the other songs I have like that as a as a framework. London has that bass piano, that's what I play when I play it live. Supermarket has the bass guitar, same thing, and same thing with Rick Wood. But Fairy kind of had this more like synthy, even the bass line is kind of the most constant part of the song. So all of that, yeah, that was difficult for me both to even put together in the first place but then also to balance in the mix and the master. That one was difficult, but it was also, you know, it was a fun experience to try and try and figure out how to, how to put a whole big song together. Experimenting with not only production, but like certain genres can be fun, like just to see what you can do with it. So are there, are there any other genres you would want to explore in the future? Well, I definitely like to try and get more into like instrumental music because ultimately I, I always thought it would be so fun to like score, like score movies or score. I've done a little bit of video production in college and I, I had so much more fun even with the score than the, the filming. So, I feel you there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With that in common. Yeah. I'd love to get into that a little bit more, something more working on those strings. That's, I love that. What are some of your favorite scores? Uh, one of them, I know everybody loves this one. I love Interstellar, mm -hmm. um, the Hans Zimmer. I also love like the Romeo and Juliet score and um, both the 1968 version, but the 1997 version too. Yeah, I have a, a long playlist of both scores, but also just like instrumental um, artists. Movie. <laughs> Is there any particular message or anything you want people to take away from your, your EP? I guess, you know, there's there's no clear message because it is ultimately like me telling just like some stories, but 
what I like communicate through that is that like it's okay to to live life and to feel all the all the good things and the bad things that happen you know, sort of thing so you just released this EP but what's next for you it's been a year since you've written it so I assume you've written something in the meantime right yeah I have some songs that I've written in the meantime that I'm working on now uh, and this month I actually have a little break from playing gigs so I'm gonna try to record and see what I can do next. I'd like to, to start putting together like a full-length album at some point, um, but I'm thinking maybe a, a single in, in December is the next goal. Who would be like a, a dream collaborator of yours? Have you heard of Dan Heath? I'm not sure if he does scores or if he just does a lot of orchestral production for artists, but I know that that's one producer or I'm not sure if he's also like a songwriter, but that just came to mind. I'm always excited at the opportunity of someone bringing more like orchestral life to life to my songs. Otherwise, I'd love to do like a duet. I don't have anyone particular in mind, but I'd love to sing a duet sometime. That always sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, especially for an album, you'd have more room for collaborations and experimentation. Would you ever want to move to a Nashville or LA or anything like that? Yeah, I think I would. I've thought about that. It is always kind of a good experience to try somewhere new, you know, meet new people. There's still that in-person thing that you can't always replace. So yeah, I kind of go back and forth. I do think it is mainly like the networking side of it that is the main draw these days. Meeting the right people and then them inviting you to certain events and then you get a rapport and then, hey, we can work on this project and just one thing leads to another. That's the trade-off, I guess. Uh, and then, of course, you have to live in a usually very expensive city. <laughs> so, yeah, there's ups and downs, of course. Yeah, yeah. Would you consider like producing or writing for other artists? Yeah, I would love to get into that. That's kind of partly why I'm learning, why I'm trying to learn and sort of practice on myself how to do the whole song realization process, like from recording to mixing and mastering. I've always thought that maybe I could enjoy doing some of these things for other people. Um, so either like for them or just with them, like as a collaboration, I'd love to get into that. Links to Elizabeth's music and everything else can be found in the show notes. Indie Echo is a product of Hi5 Music, a digital production studio that brings your bedroom demos to life. If you want your music produced, mixed, or remixed, visit the link on my Instagram, at Hi5 Music, and you can follow the show, at Indie Echo Podcast. Thank you for listening.